Hello and welcome to another episode of the Around the League podcast season preview. This time we are at our last division, the National League West. And with me, not from the NL West, but our commissioner, Drew Lamp, opening day. How are you feeling today? Oh, I feel great knowing that uh, the second to best pitcher in the AL Central caught a L today. So I feel great. Yeah, it definitely hurt to see Shane Bieber catch that L, um, but it did make me feel a little bit better to know that I at least put everyone on my opening day roster on my 40-man. Uh, not everyone in this podcast can say that. Really crazy stuff there, huh? It's the crazy thing about a 40-man roster is that everybody on the Major League roster has to be there. And, you know, some people, namely myself, forget that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think if it was someone more important in the league, you know, we would be upset about it, but it was just you, so not important at all, right? Just the commissioner, correct. Yeah. Well, let's get on to this division. Uh, We certainly saved the best for last, at least in my opinion. Uh, This division was a lot of fun to watch last year. Uh, And on top of all of it, the champions of this division, the L.A. Dodgers, put a 10-game gap on the competition. So we're going to start with them. Uh, The Dodgers went 108-54 and but got swept out of the NLDS by their rivals, the San Diego Padres. This was an offensive powerhouse and a pitching powerhouse. They finished second in runs scored and second in runs against. They returned most of their insane offense, featuring three guys with an OPS that starts with a one dot. Their entire rotation, uh, in which the highest average or highest ERA was three point five seven, three headed monster in the bullpen. Drew, what do we do about these Dodgers? <laughs> you hope that come September and come October they're cold. That's what you do. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what happened last year. But this, I look up and down the roster, and this is just—it's a powerhouse. It's—I don't even know where to go. The place that we should start is on their rotation because that I think their rotation is the best in the entire league. Uh, They have five guys in their starting rotation that could be a number one or a number two on literally any other team. Yeah. I would love to have literally anybody on this rotation to be like my two or three. So uh, tough to hit, tough to pitch to, but you got to pick one MVP. Who do you think? My MVP is going to be Gavin Lux. I think Gavin Lux is probably on pace this year to win an MVP award. My scout loves his ratings. My scout says at 24, he's fully developed. He's a left-handed power hitter that plays, I guess the Dodgers are putting him at third base. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to be long-term or if he's going to shift back over to middle infield, but playing an important position play somewhere in the infield Dude's going to probably hit 40-plus home runs, probably going to hit 280 to 300. I think he's going to have an OPS of like 1.1, and he's going to win the MVP of the entire league. Yeah, definitely a possibility. 203 hits leading the league last year, hit 332. He's getting on base a lot, which when you have the lineup that he does behind him, he's probably going to score a lot. Would not be surprised to see him lead the league in runs as well. (laughs) Yeah, he's a certified problem. Uh, I don't know how you pitch to him. I just know that you have to pitch to him because if you walk him, then you're going to have somebody that can probably knock 30 home runs coming behind him. So yeah, Gavin and- Lux is my pick for not just the team MVP, but the National League MVP this year. Okay. Well, you made a good point there. If he gets on base, someone's going to score him. And that's who my pick is for 
this team and also league MVP, Cody Bellinger. It's not a hard pick. It's not a creative pick, but I mean, it's, it's the obvious one. Um, at 26, he put up one of the best statistical seasons of all time. He's a good defender, and I think we're going to see him crack the 1.2 OPS number this year if any, if this trend has anything to say about it. Maybe 60 home runs, maybe 35 steals. Uh, I, I dare someone to stop him. He's, his numbers are just off the charts. He's only 26. I, I don't know what you do about him at all. Yeah, see, imagine you pitch around Gavin Lux, and then you get the wonderful reward of having to pitch to Cody Bellinger. Yeah, and then Seager, and then Betts, and, you know, you're just kind of fucked at that point. Yeah, so I don't blame you for picking Cody Bellinger at all. Between Bellinger and Lux, we're probably looking at 18 combined war this year between those guys. I think if you average their OPS at the end of the year, they're probably going to average like a 1.1 OPS. I don't know how to pitch to them. I don't know the strategy playing the Dodgers. We're going to have to really see kind of how they perform throughout the year. Yeah, I'm happy I'm not in that division. Now, imagine they have this super stacked lineup. Is there anybody that you think is going to actually be a breakout player for their team? A breakout player? So I'm going to start with my flop because it leads into my breakout player, actually. Mm. So it's hard to pick a flop on this all-star team. Um, But gun to my head, I'm going to take Max Kepler. He might not even be that bad, but to keep your spot on this team, you need to be a lot better than just okay. Um, And I can see Kepler losing that starting job, and I can see him getting moved or dropped to that like fourth outfielder if he can't keep it up. Now, who I think is going to be the breakout is the person who will take his spot, and that is number five overall prospect, Julio Rodriguez. Um, 21 years old. I'm not sure where the GM's head's at right now, if he's going to be on that opening day roster. Um, but he's got a very balanced approach at the plate. He's a strong defender at the corner spots. Uh, he puts up a lot of doubles and hits for average well. So flop Max Kepler. His spot will be taken over by breakout Julio Rodriguez. I, I love the way you did that. That was brilliant. Thank you. Who is your flop or breakout? You can do it however you'd like because I'm already done with them. <laughs> I guess so. My flop is shortstop Javier Baez. It kills me to the end of my earth because I love Javi Baez in real life. I love the way he plays. I love middle infielders with power. I love dudes that are maniacs on the base paths. He's 29 years old. He's getting up there in age for, you know, an athletic power shortstop. Yeah, not a bad pick. The the defensive numbers, I think, are going to keep him around for a while, but I can see my scout thinks the offense has declined a little bit. Um, like you said, power hitting shortstop, tough to keep numbers up, especially into your thirties, which he'll hit at the end of this season. Yeah. And the big thing for me was when he came from Chicago to LA, his average dropped by about 40 points, which that's a very big dip. And it's not like we had a small sample size. He had 190 plate appearances. So seeing him go from hitting 290 in Chicago in 21 to regressing back to around where his career averages around 250, 260. I think that's going to keep going down. So I think Javi's probably going to be the bigger flop. That being said, I still think he's going to be a replacement level shortstop. I think he's going to be a really good player. Yeah. And like I said, especially with that glove, even if the offense goes down, he's, you want him in the lineup. You want him out on the field. Very much so. Yes. All right. And who do you have for breakout? 
I don't even know on this team who hasn't broken out already. Like, <laughs> looking at the roster, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that guy. Oh, yep, he's had some good seasons. He's had some really good seasons. If I had to pick one guy that might be flying under some players' radars, I would probably pick Pedro Baez or Corey Nebel, one of the guys in that bullpen that's probably going to be a middle reliever or a late reliever. Now, these guys are in their 30s. Their careers are probably at the back end, the twilight of their careers, but they're going to be the engine that really powers them to make it all the way deep in the playoffs. So I think Corey Nebel, he might be a closer for them. It's really hard to decide with Ken Giles and Caleb Ferguson also there, but I think Corey Nebel will probably be the best reliever coming out of that pen this year. And I think he's going to actually be put into the closer role at least by midseason's end. Pedro Baez, I think he's going to probably eat the majority of the middle innings if they need somebody to do that. I don't know if they're going to need somebody to do that with their starting pitching. Yeah, if there's any spot to break out, I think for this team, it is the bullpen, even with that, you know, monster one, two, three, and Giles, Nebel, and Ferguson. Someone could break out and be, you know, those those relievers when you're that good um it's it's easy to drop into a slump when you're in that high leverage so and to be specific about Nebel he's been in the league for a while he's not somebody that's like been a superstar but he also hasn't been bad I think that this is going to be the year that he just transitions into a closer and we're probably gonna get 30 saves out of him I'd like to see that. Personally, I don't really like Ken Giles that much. Kind of crazy. Remember that time he punched himself in the face after Gary Sanchez had a home run off him? That was kind of a psychopath. But every good closer is a psychopath. So That's like a requirement for the job. Well, on that note, we will move on to our second team, the Slam Diego Padres. They go 98-64, and which was good for the number one wild card spot, a game which they won last year, then swapped the Dodgers, as I mentioned. Um, then they got dropped in the NLCS by your Atlanta Braves. What do you think about this Padres team? Honestly, I'm happy I'm here mm-hmm. on the pod today just to give me another excuse to talk about the San Diego Padres. Love them. I love the way that their team is built. I love the power. I love the speed. I love their pitching rotation. They have two of my favorite players in out-of-the-park baseball and Mackenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams. Top to bottom, I love the roster. And I think that they're going to be one of the more exciting teams to watch. Yeah, definitely have to agree with that. Um, Not as stacked as the Dodgers, but still pretty stacked, especially that pitching. Um, If any team can give them a run, uh, give the Dodgers a run for that division title, it's the Padres. Yeah, absolutely. So who do you have for an MVP of the team? You know, I would be remiss to pick anybody but Fernando Tatis Jr. But you can call me remiss. I am picking Mackenzie Gore. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I am telling you, if you are listening and you do not know who Mackenzie Gore is, this guy is going to win the Cy Young this year. He's going to win the Cy Young next year. He is going to be the best pitcher in the entire league. This guy is a left-handed ground ball pitcher, and my scout has him at 70 movement. Every power hitter in the league is built to knock home runs. You're not going to be able to hit home runs off Mackenzie Gore. 
Wow. Well, that was certainly a surprising pick. Um, I'm not sure where the, he is on the roster right now. Uh, last update I have, he does an unspecified role in the bullpen. Um, but looking at his stats uh, or looking at his ratings, I can see where you're coming from. They are all, you know, in the green or in the blue. Um, very well rounded, four plus pitches, very good change up. Um, there's potential there. It's a it's a dark horse, but I like it. Yeah, and they're another team that has a super super stacked rotation. Like Louis Patino, uh, Michael Baez, Denilson, Lamette. Those guys can all start, and they're all really 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 good hurlers but i just think mackenzie gore is just built different okay well since you didn't take him i guess that would make me dumb not to take tatis but you can call me certified dumb because i'm gonna take the actual best pitcher in this rotation oh no we got another bit going it sounds like but it's louis patino <laughs> lou how are you picking anybody else this kid's yeah, a damn Phenom, 22-year-old Cy Young winner, which is something you don't get to hear that often. He's got three very good pitches, including a fastball that can hit the triple digits. His K-rate broke 10 last year as a starter, which is pretty insane. Um, his ERA and his FIP were both incredible, so it's not luck. Uh, this kid's got a bright future. Only weak spots and weak is, you know, being very generous there. Only weak spots are control, which 3.6 walks per nine. Uh, the stamina is certainly going to have to tick up if he's going to be needed for 200 innings, which he will be needed if San Diego wants another run. Uh, how are you not taking Patino as the ace of this rotation? He throws with the right hand. And, and that's it? That's yeah, what you don't like about him? Yeah, he throws with the wrong arm, dude. Wow. Throws with the wrong arm. Got it. Cool, 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 cool. All right. So yep. we'll move on to breakout. I'll start. I have Julio Urias. Um, he's got a lot of potential that hasn't really come together in the majors in the past few years. I don't, at least I don't think he's hit his full potential. He's been in and out of the bullpen. He had a pretty bad 2021. But if they if they get this guy some consistency, I think he's going to prove himself. Uh, he's got four-plus pitches, great stuff, good control. Uh, there's no reason he can't be one of the better back-of-the-rotation guys in the league if they give him a shot, you know, run him out there every five days. Yeah, that dude looks like a stud. And that's just another showing kind of one. He's a lefty. I like him. Yeah, already. I was going to say there it is. He's a lefty. So you love him. Yep. That's true. But also it goes to show kind of the depth that the Padres have. They have all the young talent in the world. And especially when it comes to pitching, like Urias might be the fifth or sixth best pitcher on the roster. And yeah, he could definitely break out. Yeah, the, you said it perfectly there. This team is so young with so much talent, which sort of the opposite of another team we'll get to later in the division. Um, but we'll save that. Who's your breakout guy on this team? I don't know if he's going to make the opening day roster, but CJ Abrams probably is going to make the roster at some point this season. Now, Brian's playing him pretty interestingly. The only positions he's played are shortstop and center field. <laughs> so the two most important defensive positions that aren't named catcher. And C.J. Abrams, my scout, says he's got an 80-grade speed. He's good defensively across the board, great contact, and he's not going to strike out. I see C.J. Abrams coming up 
probably first major injury either at shortstop or center field. And if there are none of those, maybe a late season call up and we might see him just tear the cover off the ball. This dude is going to declare war to starting pitchers and catchers on the base paths. And the second he does, I am going to be in Brian's DMs again, asking if I can get CJ Abrams from him. I mean, I don't know who you're going to trade from. This guy's got a lot of talent, a lot of potential. Um, definitely poised for a breakout. I I feel like if I were the GM, I might leave him in AAA for a year, let him get a little bit more experience against that level of pitching, maybe a late season call up. But if he does come to the league, it is definitely going to be a breakout whenever that is. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I love about the Padres is that they have so many guys that can really run and steal bases. Cole Tucker, Tatis, and Nick Senzel all have at least 60 grade speed or better. So I see this team as they get on base and you actually have to watch out for them stealing. Much akin to my team where the bunt isn't dead, in San Diego and at Petco Park, the steal is not dead. So let's move on to our flops, which on a young team with a lot of talent, it's hard to pick. So I am going to go to the opposite side and take one of the old heads of the team. Uh, similar to my Dodgers pick, I think he's a guy who's going to fall to fourth outfielder status simply because he's only okay on a good team. And that is Kevin Pillar. Um, he's always been somewhere between a quad A and league average guy, uh, but he's a pretty good fielder that can play center but there's no way he's going to have starter level production offensively on a team that's this good. Um, maybe he'll prove me wrong in his contract here. Maybe he'll put up 40 doubles again, but I think that offensive decline is starting for him. Yeah. And especially the Padres where they don't have that many older players. He's definitely a guy that you can look at and say, is he going to be able to repeat the production or are his best years behind them? Probably a good guy to keep around, you know, just to, to have that experience in the dugout, but I don't think he's going to, be in the starting lineup late in the season. I'm looking at a guy that's going to end up flopping. I think that Eric Hosmer is probably going to look at the first of his long, long fateful decline. He's on a pretty expensive contract until 2025. And it's looking like some of his ratings are already starting to slip. He's a platinum glove level player at first base. So at least at an important position where you can't get errors. He's got that locked down. He's getting up there in age. He's going to turn, he's 32 now. He's turning 33 at the end of the season. And I don't know if he's going to be worth that like 17 annual value contract that he's got right now. Yeah, I, I really don't think he will be, especially when you have another platinum glove quality guy at first base in DJ LeMayhew, who actually has offensive production. That's, that's a tough contract. I think he could be useful on another team. Uh, so maybe that'll happen. Maybe we'll see like a retention trade, but uh, I don't think he's got a spot in this lineup. Yeah, that's the big thing is that he really is out of a job. So 2020 was the last year he really got playing time like at all. Last year in 2021, he only appeared in 27 games. Uh, luckily this season in our first three Sims on opening day weekend, he got in three games and he's batting 182. So, you know, something to keep out on. Something else I would like to say in terms of a flop, I would like to certify myself as a flop in predicting opening day rosters because Mackenzie Gore did not make the San Diego Padres opening roster. Wow. You absolutely hate to see that. Uh, so obviously pull back the curtain a little bit. We're recording this after the opening day, Sim. So 
there you go. We get some intel on that. Yeah, so shame to me, Drew Lamp, but also I would like to say Mackenzie Gore, he is officially on notice for the rest of the league. Now it's just a clock as to when he makes it up. All right, now we're on to the bomb squad, the bad boys of Mountain Standard Time, the Colorado Rockies. 91-71, and 71, they lost the wild card game to the Padres. Um, offensively, this team was ridiculous. I think 330-plus home runs. Uh, they kept most of those big bats minus Schwarber. Um, this is a strong team that can certainly run up the score in a park that allows you to run up the score. I love the way the Rockies are built. I love that they went out and they got a bunch of power hitters. I love seeing Olsen, Arenado, Lindor, and Riley on the team. Seeing Jacques at Coors. I love it. I think <laughs> they're going to get up the bat and all these dudes are just swinging out of their shoes straight for the fences. It's just straight up modern three outcome baseball. And I think that's a ton of fun. Yeah. And the thing is, if you're in Coors and you swing for the fences, you're still probably going to at least get a double. So it's a great team, a great field to build a power hitting lineup. You know, if we, if they go on anything like some of the offensive runs they had again, this could be a, a big three team race in the division. For me, I think the guy that's going to power that and my team MVP is Matt Olson. I think he should be in the running for the Triple Crown this year. Coors is really going to help him bump up and beef up some of those stats. He hit a 60-burger in terms of home runs last year, which is unreal. Like, <laughs> Just goofy. Yeah, dudes don't hit 60 home runs like unless they're eating balanced breakfasts or they're playing and the dude's throwing the baseball or plumbers. He's going to be in the running for the Triple Crown. He bats left-handed. He plays in the right park. The, the his biggest enemy in the life is the baseball. Definitely a good pick. Um, my pick for the team MVP, um, a Cleveland legend, Francisco Lindor. One of my favorite players to watch in real life. Absolute shame that my the GM before me traded him the day before I joined the league. Quite literally the day before. <laughs> I digress. Um, but anyways, he's always a threat to win both the Walmart brand Platinum Stick and Great Glove Awards at a position where defense is really important and you don't expect that big of a bat. Um, but I think he's about to start a career peak and just go absolutely nuts. A 935 OPS, which he had last year from a shortstop, is huge. Um, and, and this guy could be one of the people that hits the one-dot range this year. He could put up 40 home runs. He could hit 310 or 320. Um, this guy should definitely always be in the conversation for league MVP. Yeah, he put up seven war last year that's a, a great season he's a switch hitting power hitter plays a really important position Lindor is just one of the premier players he's great yeah absolutely robbed of not having him on my team again I digress I'm over it I promise Trevor Story's great he's great he's extremely happy with Trevor Story you can hear him hearing his voice uh outside of you know team MVPs this is a pretty solid team in terms of players that are set in their roles and they've probably been in the bigs for a while. If you had to pick one that might break out this year, who are you looking at? So this will be the summer of starting pitching for these Rockies, and Kyle Wright is my breakout pick. Um, another guy who's still young and has so much potential that a breakout year, either this year, maybe next year, is inevitable. He's got four good pitches, balanced on control and stuff and movement. Um, last year's FIP was a full run below his ERA, which will happen at Coors. Um, but he's also a ground baller, which will help him. 
huge Chad innings eater potential here as well. This guy could be the difference maker. Yeah, he's a uh, former Atlanta Brave, so big fan of his. I think Kyle Wright's going to be the engine that really powers that rotation. Being a ground baller at Coors is essentially a requirement. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can actually pitch up to his potential and see how low that ERA gets compared to kind of the Coors effect that'll hit his ERA. Yeah, I mean, and ground baller, you know, isn't a flamethrower. He's got a really good changeup. He, I think we're going to see him hit 200 innings this year, which could be enough to lead the league and win that award. I love it. If I had to pick a team MVP, I have to pick one of the power hitters that joined the Rockies. Austin Riley has had a pretty subpar the league career so far. The His career high in the league is 1.2 war with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. His highest batting average at any park so far was in 2021 in his limited stint at Coors. He had 265. But he's a power hitter, and I think we're going to see him probably knock 30-plus home runs. If this guy's an everyday player, (laughs) we might see 40 home runs from him. Uh, The Coors effect is going to be in full effect, especially with somebody with 60, 65 power. Yeah, I also really like that he's got you know some experience at uh, five different positions, the corner outfield, the corners in the infield, and second base, so he can move him around, give guys days off, and keep him in the lineup. Um, so we could see him you know, hit that 150, 155 game mark and really bump up those counting stats. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I Let's do something fun, Artie. Over, under, team home runs, Colorado Rockies, 350. Ooh, 350. Oh, I, I think you flew a little too high there. I'm going to go under. I think that they're going to be like 355. <laughs> really? Do you think yeah. it's going to be Matt Olson putting up a 60 spot again or a little more balanced? I think it's Matt Olson with a 60 spot, Arenado with like 45, Lindor with like 45, Riley with like 40, Jacques going to hit like 55 and strike out 300 times. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm expecting them to hit like two and a half home runs per game. All right. I will give you this over under Jock Peterson, 100 things that are not three true outcomes. Oh, I'm taking the under. <laughs> I'm taking the under. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Let's look at flops. Who you got? Um, I have Mr. Jamison Tyone. Um, he's coming off a ruptured tendon in his throwing hand that ended his season for him in 2021. Before that, he was just average. Um, but I don't see a guy with his picks, pitch mix lasting very long in Colorado. Um, his K rate has been a decline since 2017. That means more balls are going to be in play. And when more balls are in play in Colorado, it's a problem. Uh, so I think that injury may have been the nail in the coffin for this guy. Yeah, I'm looking at his mix. My scout doesn't think he has any really plus pitches. Most of them are just bum average. You can't really throw bum average pitches unless they're all sinkers at Coors. So, yeah, I could totally see him get knocked around. Yeah, who do you got? I got their closer, man, Joe Jimenez. Yeah, I was also looking at him. Yeah, he's got really good pitches. He's got good stuff. He's got good movement. But my scout says he's the least ground ball friendly pitcher in their entire bullpen. So combine him hitting a lot of – or pitching and getting a lot of fly balls – that's going to lead to more doubles. It's going to lead to more home runs. 
And if there's any position you do not want a fly ball pitcher, specifically in Colorado, it's your closer. So for me, a closer even blowing five to 10 saves, it's a bad look. I think Jimenez, if he stays in that position year round, we're looking at a guy that might be able to blow like 12 to 15 saves. Yeah, worth noting here is FIP was 3.10 and his ERA was 2.06. So huge difference there. I think this guy got a lot of lucky breaks last year. You can't be a fly ball pitcher in Colorado. Yeah, it's it's explicitly banned. All right, let's move on to the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, 75 and 87. Pretty average team. Um, not as boring as the Twins, but still pretty boring. Uh, what do you think about these guys? So I would have agreed with everything you just said if I did not quite literally just hop off of running the sim. Arizona is 4-0. Okay. Not only that, Arizona has a plus 27 run differential. They didn't just win these four games. They got blowouts. Oh, my God. Who'd they play? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they played uh, San Diego because San Diego is the only 0-4 team with a negative 27 run differential. Huge problem-solving deductive reasoning there. Yeah, looking at their team, they look very bang average, but... <laughs> first four games might tell a different story yeah i mean the lineup it's it's got a lot of potential here i mean i don't have their updated lineup i'm still looking at whatever it was before most recent sim i'm going to be interesting to look at some of those stats um, but if you had to pick an mvp on this team who do you have if i'm picking an mvp for the arizona diamondbacks there's a few guys that i think could really power the team but I think their best player on the offensive side and the best guy that can swing a bat is Bobby Dahlbeck. He's got real big league home run power. He's going to play in a division where everybody else is going to be knocking the ball around. I think if he gets 30, 35 home runs and there's a few guys that can get on base in front of him, we're looking at a guy that could maybe make the all-star team, maybe be one of the real premier third basemen in the entire league. Yeah, also definitely has potential for that uh, three true outcomes award at the end of the year. Does not avoid K's well, but has an absolute boomstick for a bat. My favorite type of guy. I love it when they swing and it's like cartoonish when they move their arms and they fall out. The hat falls off. Gloves are flying everywhere. You hear like a cat's meow somewhere. Oh, Looking at this team, who are you picking for an MVP? So I am going to go with a little bit more of a balanced approach rather than what we were just looking at. I'm going to go with Mr. Josh Naylor. So Naylor, my scout, thinks he's pretty much 55 to 60 in everywhere. He hasn't had a very good season yet, but I think he's got a lot of potential to break out. You know, he's got contact, he's got gap power, he's got home run power. So I think you're really just looking for him to put it together. I think this could also go as a breakout pick, um, but I think this team is looking for someone to lead it offensively. Um, and along with your pick, I think Naylor can be that guy in the two or three spot of the order. Awesome. I love it. I think Naylor can really be a pretty good offensive piece. He's, like you said, he's really balanced. He's a left-handed bat. He's got good contact, and he's not going to strike out too much. It's going to be interesting to see if he's going to stay and remain the everyday right fielder. They've got a lot of guys that can play left and right field. Hopefully he stays in the lineup and they can move him around and get him all those at-bats. Maybe he's the DH for long-term. But yeah, I like that guy's profile a lot. All right, on to breakout. 
Um, I will get us started with this. My breakout star of this team is the 26-year-old Corbin Klaus. Right now, it looks like he may be in position to be the closer of the team. He's got three plus-plus pitches with a lot of movement, um, a lot of stuff on them. Um, just sort of the makeup of a guy who, if he can keep things under control, you know, sort of, again, that maybe he's one of those psychopath guys that's out there, but that's what I love in closers. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential to be that guy in the back of the bullpen and, you know, sort of lock down games for a bullpen that needs a superstar. You just really love picking former Braves for these awards, don't you? You know, I don't try to, but he's also a lefty, so I'm sorry if I stole that one from you. (laughs) It's okay. Yeah, he's got a great profile. It's interesting because he's got a profile that if we were talking about it, and it was maybe at a different ballpark, it'd be something to be concerned about. But I think he'd be, he's a great player. I think that this is going to be the first year he can actually put it together. And yeah, great pick. All right. How about you? Who do you have for your breakout? So we've talked about him on the pod before. I think he's probably got the best name in Major League Baseball right now. And that's Seth Beer. Seth Beer, he led the league last year and hit by pitches. He gets on base. It a walk, a single, a hit by pitch. It's all the same. So he's on base, but he's also a left-handed power hitter. And I think he's gonna not only get on base, I think he's gonna really raise his slugging quite a bit. Expect anywhere between like 450 and 550 for a slugging for Seth Beer. Then you include that with his hit by pitches. We're looking at a breakout year for him. Have a beer for beer. We're looking at maybe a .9 OPS for him on the year. All right. I would love to see that for a good pal beer. All right. We're going to move on to our flop pick, and I'm going to go with foolish baseball legend Tim LaCastro. Um, he's a menace on the base paths when he gets on base, um, but I just don't see him getting on base very much if he even gets that much playing time. Um, not Not – any power really a little bit of gap power not too much in contact he had a very very down year last year um i think this may be it for the internet legend yeah he is a world-renowned uh art thief never got caught stealing a base until real life like three weeks ago but yeah he's i don't think he's even going to be in the mix for playing time so his run might be coming to an end yeah, the the base the out of the park baseball formula does not like him very much. It's very hard to rig getting hit by pitches. Only Seth Beer can figure it out. All right. Well, that being said, who's your flop pick? It kills me because I love him, Madison Bumgardner. It's time to hang up the cleats. Oh. This dude is signed for eighty five million dollars over five years. The contract ends in twenty twenty four. So we got this and two more seasons to go before he's finally free from being paid. Man. (laughs) What a ride. Yeah, he's going to eat your innings, but I think that ERA is just going to keep going up. We have a new general manager in Arizona, and it's just going to be interesting to see how much longer that leash for Mad Bomb is before it's time for him to not be pitching in the desert anymore. Yeah, tough to see one of the one of the legends go. Uh, fun fact about Madison Bumgarner: he had three rings at twenty five, and that fourth ring is one hundred percent his, or the third <laughs> ring. Sorry. Oh yeah, he completely owns the third rank. 
yeah, if you've never watched it, uh, go ahead and watch the Mad Bum game uh, from SB Nation if you ever get the chance on YouTube. Great video, uh, absolute legend. But in our sim, it seems that the ride is over. Yeah, in 2021, his FIP was north of five. His ERA was north of five. We're looking at a guy that's given up more home runs. He's walking guys more than he's used to. His war didn't eclipse two for the first time in the sim. So I really think this is it. This is enjoy the ride while it lasts because after this year, I think he's done. Well, we will move on to the team. He won all those rings with the San Francisco Giants. Uh, they went 67 and 95 last season. They had some pretty abysmal offensive numbers, um, lasting the division in pretty much every category, which makes it hard to keep up with such an incredibly uh, incredible offensive division. Um, but it is a really young team. I haven't seen their spring train or I haven't seen their starting lineup yet, but there won't be a lot of experience on it. It should be a fun team to manage and play around and see what works, though. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny looking at this roster now and kind of what they had in spring training and their opening day roster compared to when we talked about them at the back end of the 2021 season. I remember looking at them at the 2021 season. I was like, <laughs> like the average age of this team is like 32. And seeing kind of those numbers really shift towards youth, it's really going to be a fun team to watch to see like how the call-ups in AAA gets worked in because these guys are young. Looking or thinking back to the 2021 season when they had guys like Josh Bell and John Carlos Stanton, they don't have those big bats anymore. So I think we're really looking at them going into that full rebuild mode. It's going to be interesting to see what some of these 22, 23, 24 guys can do. And I think that'd actually be a great time to start with maybe a breakout star. Uh, I think the youngest, brightest star on the team that's going to break out this year is their catcher, Joey Bart think Joey Barr is great defensively. He's got some really good offensive ratings. He's a catcher that's not going to strike out, and he's probably going to hit a few home runs. For catchers, the league's really thin across the board for catchers that can even remotely produce offensively. And I think he's going to be not just a good catcher. I think he's going to become a premier catcher. Yeah, I was looking at him too. Um, the The defensive numbers are huge. It's going to be really helpful um, for such a young team to have somebody who is just so defensively strong at such an important position. Um, so yeah, like that pick for breakout. Awesome. You're looking at probably the same roster I am, a bunch of young names, bunch of names you probably never read before. If you had to pick one based upon your scouts ratings, who's breaking out for you? So I like the first baseman with a fun name, Travis Blankenhorn. Um, yeah, I think it's a, yeah, Blankenhorn. Love I like that. that. <laughs> um, got a lot of gap power, good contact, um, strong defensive first baseman and can be moved around the field a lot, which is going to be really important with this young team. Um, also a good base runner and lefty. So that gap power and being lefty at the Bay is going to, you know, he's going to be able to put it into that triples alley, get a bunch of triples last year in triple a last two years in triple a batting over 300 OPS plus over 120. Um, so if this team's looking for someone to, you know, be that guy to drive in runs at the two or three spot. I think we're looking at Blinkenhorn. It's yeah. It's really interesting seeing his profile. He's a plus plus defender at first base, but he's also a plus defender at left field. So it's going to be interesting seeing a guy that can kind of platoon the infield and outfield. 
kind of seeing how that dynamic works out throughout the season. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, I, I like this guy, though. I think he's going to be uh, really useful for this young team. So outside of, you know, the young players that we're looking at breaking out, you have to pick a team MVP. Who's going to be the engine that powers them? All right, San Francisco Giants team MVP. I'm going to go with a guy who on a young team has a little bit more experience. Um, he's moved into the bullpen role in the past couple of years, and that is Drew Pomeranz. Um, pretty balanced guy, got three or four plus pitches. He's, I think he's going to be the anchor of the back end of this bullpen that has a lot of young names on it, um, especially with the young rotation. Anytime they can get him the lead, either in the eighth or the ninth inning, I think they've got the game locked up. Love it. Drew Pomeranz is a stud. He's got four pitches in the bullpen. So, yeah, I think – you get to the eighth, you get to the ninth, put him in. Hopefully we're looking at a guy that can get 20 to 40 saves this year. All right. Who do you have for a team MVP? You know, we did the bit earlier, but uh, my breakout star is Joey Bart. My team MVP is Joey Bart. You know, on a young team, it's a, that's a good decision. I think Joey Bart isn't just good. I think this dude's going to be a rock star, man. Like <laughs> he's got really good defensive ratings. Looks like they played him a little bit at first. He's got good contact, good power. Get power out of a catcher. This dude might get like four to five war this year. I can definitely see it. Definitely possible. Um, Yeah, any of those breakout guys could also be a team MVP. So not a bad pick at all. Young team. We got the guys that we think are going to perform well. Who's flopping? Well, on this team, there's certainly a lot of options to pick from to flop, but I'm going to go with one of their setup men in the bullpen, Reyes Morata. Moranta? Moranta. Reyes Moranta. <laughs> you got it. There it is. <laughs> I read that backwards for a second. This is a bullpen profile that I've seen a lot and I just don't like very much. Um, he's got a lot of stuff, but the movement and the control are down. Three plus plus pitches, but he just doesn't have anything to balance it with. Um, he's a power pitcher. So he's going to come out of there. He's going to throw hard. And if he doesn't have it on a given day, he's going to blow the lead. Um, the walk rate was has been sky high the last few seasons. Um, we're talking 6.3, 8.5, 5.2. So really up there. The K rate's up there too, but it just shows you, you know, he's a three true outcomes pitcher. Yeah, we're seeing more and more of those guys throughout the league picking a guy that's also a true three outcomes pitcher darwin's in hernandez has got stuff that literally breaks the chart i don't know if he can find the strike zone yeah he's got stuff but where's the pitch gonna go i told you earlier when we were talking about this guy i'm like just don't crowd the box just stand outside the box and you're either gonna strike out or walk it's gonna be the same thing if you strike if you swing the bat he's got Great movement. He's got three stellar pitches, but he's just not going to be able to find the zone. And you walk enough guys, especially in this division in the National League West, you walk the wrong guy. Next thing you know, you got a grand slam on your belt. Yeah, the thing about these two guys that we just picked is you can have eighty. You can have eighty stuff. You can have three seventy plus pitches, but if you can't put it where you want it, it's just not going to work. (laughs) <laughs> or, or hear me out, Darwin's in Hernandez is going to be the pitcher that hits Seth Beer 10 times this year. Honestly, it could be a match made in heaven. Yeah, you never know. All right, it's time for our favorite part, 
pick the standings. Would you like to go first? I, you know, I got to give you the honors, please. Any way you want it. Okay, we will start from the bottom up. Um, I think this will come as no surprise. I'm going to pick the San Francisco Giants to come in last place. I'm very sorry to the GM there. I just, it's very young. I think you got a lot of room to build and move around, but right now it's just not the time yet. Um, fourth place in the division, also not a surprise. I think it's a top three and bottom two here, but fourth place, Arizona Diamondbacks. Really young team. Um, really just, I think they have a, a lot of room to work with. They have a big window ahead of them, but it's just not yet. But I think they will be a little bit better than the Giants. Um, and then we get to our big three. So I think in third place, I am picking the Slam Diego Padres. I think they're going to drop down a spot. Um, I think the team, some of the older guys are going to hold them back a little bit, um, especially behind this offensive powerhouse of the Colorado Rockies, who I have in second place. Um, I don't think they're going to quite hit 350 home runs, but I think they're probably going to hit north of 300 again. They're going to lead the league in scoring again. And I think with Kyle Wright at the head of that, um, at the head of that pitching staff, they're going to have a decent year on the pitching side. And then in first, easy pick, Los Angeles Dodgers. This team is a cheat code. This team is an all-star team. Um, borderline unfair. See, the thing is, I'm going to really rearrange this a lot, but I can see the way that you stacked that to make a lot of sense. Uh, I'm starting at the bottom as well. I think the Arizona Diamondbacks are coming in last this year. That being said, I think last in this division, they're going to have like 72 wins. I think coming in fourth, we're looking at San Francisco Giants. Third, I am looking at the Colorado Rockies. I think that the Coors effect, yeah, they're built for it, but so are other teams. <laughs> yeah. Other teams are going to go to Coors and they're going to hit home runs there too. Here's where we differ. I think in second place with 102 wins is the Los Angeles Dodgers. And okay. in first place... And the National League pennant champions, the San Diego Padres with 104 wins. I think Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to level up and become an MVP candidate, if not the MVP of this entire league. They have pitching. Like I mentioned earlier, Mackenzie Gore is not on the roster quite yet. But when he does, he's going to be a very sneaky number three or higher pitcher for them. I think they're built for the future, and I think the future is now. Okay, well, if we're going to go into the playoffs, I think the, that we're going to see the Padres-Rockies as that wildcard game again, and the Padres are going to go from there, from the away team in the wildcard game, also to a National League pennant championship. Very strange pick, I know, but trust me, I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> Listen to the man. He knows what he's doing. They see, that's one of them. That's one of the really interesting dynamics, too, because if it is a Colorado-San Diego wildcard game, home field advantage is going to be massive. Obviously, at Petco, it's a fly ball park. There's such a massive outfield there. If it's at Coors, it's a home run park. So, yeah, a few wins in that division could literally determine who wins the pennant. Yeah, I mean, I think the top three, it's... I think they're all going to be in the 95 to 105 win range. Um, it's going to, you know, it's going to depend on a lot of Pythagorean luck. It's going to just depend on, you know, who's who gets hot at the end of the season. Happy opening day, everybody. 
Artie, before we sign off, what do you got? Any other final stray thoughts? Uh, not a stray thought, just in my head all the time. Despite the loss, Shane Bieber is still the best pitcher in the American League Central. And I guess that's all I ever have to say, really. So that's it. Thanks for listening. See you guys soon.